podcast where we discuss the lore of every video game and manga and uh, cartoon series and other media properties of the Legend of Zelda series. I'm Crystal and with me today is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. You're promising a lot on our behalf here, Crystal. What, you don't want to do the cartoon series? I uh, um, Okay, well I'm going to have to do some watching during the bit. Cam has never seen well, the cartoon excuse series. excuse me, princess. Oh, good, yes. <laughs> that's what uh, Rink Rinks says. Yes, that's that's the good, that's the, one of those quality 1999 memes. Today is a bonus episode. We're going to discuss the identity of the dark interlopers. I don't know if I even think of this as a bonus episode, to be honest. This is like the episode that we're having so that we don't end up having two episodes in the middle of Twilight Princess that are just arguing about the interlopers. Well, what's the deal with the interlopers? Um, well, they come up in Twilight Princess, and there's a bunch of quotes in the script that relate to them that well, we should probably cover. Why don't you tell us just the gist of the idea of the interlopers yeah. first? They are a bunch of people that um, lusted after the Triforce and were sealed away. And they were the ancestors of the Twi'le. Now, this sounds a bit familiar. There's about 15 different legends about people who tried to steal the Triforce and were sealed away. Do you happen to have something like a list of those different legends, Crystal? Yeah, I mean, there's there's the... We talked about the people in Four Swords Adventures... There's the people in Rauru's time who tried to steal the Triforce, uh, and that's why they built the Temple of Time. There's, I mean, there's Demise in this backstory of Skyward Sword. There's the imprisoning war in the uh, in the backstory of A Link to the Past. And, of course, there's Ganon's various attempts on the Triforce. Uh, am I missing any? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. That's a pretty good list. So we've got this idea that there are a lot of different versions of this story that could line up with who the interlopers and therefore who the Twi'le are. And it's been kind of a very popular thing in the Zelda fandom for the past decade and change to have a lot of different ideas about the true identity of the interlopers, assuming that they're not some previously unseen tribe of peoples and are instead part of a group that we might be familiar with. And we actually have a lot of different possibilities of who the interlopers and therefore the Twi'le might be. So your goal here is try to consolidate these legends into some fewer legends. Um, maybe even more than that. It's try to figure out which versions or which theories concerning the interlopers make the most sense in the context of Twilight Princess as it's presented. Are there any of those legends that fit because well with the interloper legend? The Four Swords legend is probably the closest. Because there is a mirror at the background of both. Mm -hmm. All right, that does make sense. You were saying something, Crystal, because? 
Oh, it's because I am inclined to maybe even let these legends be as simply 15 separate events that are similar. That would make a certain amount of sense. Time scales in the Zelda series keep getting longer and longer the more games come out. As even just within Skyward Sword, the gap between when Demise is sealed versus when he's finally killed is described as being literally thousands of years. So there is definitely enough time having passed in Hyrule for lots of different people to try to wage war on the Triforce, or to gain the Triforce. But there is definitely still this one specific group who sought very specifically to steal it and became the Twi'le over time. So I know that we sort of put out a call, or rather the idea behind this episode is that we're going to line up, not necessarily all, but as many as we can get, different ideas about who the interlopers are, who are the ancestors of the Twi'le. Yeah, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> what should the format be? Shall we go through the, the viewers or the listeners? Um, uh, like- we, could, we could go through it in either chronological order of real life or chronological order of the timeline. Ooh, what would that entail exactly? Well, I think chronological order of real life might be interesting to see when a legend like this was first told and how did it develop over the various games. So the real life release date chronology of each um, each potential people. That's correct. Okay. All right. Um, I think we should probably talk about the the tax stumps. The specific parts okay. in Twilight Princess that mention the interlopers. Okay. I've got a few parts that we may want to read out. Um, one of them being Laneru's speech about the interlopers. Um, then Midna's follow-up shortly after. And a short dialogue between Zant and Midna. And I, I can point to the first first sentence of each. Um, the first one is starts off with Laneru, um, O hero chosen by the gods, the dark power that you seek. Okay, we can go through this and maybe trade off a little bit in parts, or uh, each of us could just take one particular section of this. Uh, which text dump are you using? Uh, we're looking at the ZeldaDungeon.net text dump. Which one have you got? That's also the one I'm looking at. But are these lines in order? Uh, it's really difficult to tell, actually. Um, you're looking for the second incidence of the dark power that you seek. Okay. And it looks like they're in order there. Yeah, it's in order all the way to never forget that at the very bottom. Okay. So, uh, instead of us swapping back and forth between different lines for these parts, how about each of us just reads an entire section? Okay. So, Cam, you be Laneru. <laughs> okay. And Crystal, you can be Midna later. Okay. And I'll do the short one between Zant and Midna. Okay, so to partially establish um, who the interlopers and the Twilight are, we're going to read from the text of Laneru's speech. And this, I think, is probably the most famous sequence in Twilight Princess because it's got this weird, horrible Lewis Carroll drug trip mode to it. Everyone knows what scene I'm talking about if they've played through or watched Twilight Princess. O hero chosen by the gods, the dark power that you seek, it waits in a temple set in the bed of Lake Hylia. But before seeking it, you must now bear witness to something, and never forget it. 
You must know that it was the will of the goddesses that we lock away the forbidden power. When all was chaos, the goddesses descended and gave order and life to the world. They granted power equally to all who dwelt in the light, and then returned to the heavens. The lands where the goddesses descended came to be known as the sacred realm. For ages, the people lived at ease, content in mind and body. But soon, word of the sacred realm spread through Hyrule, and a great battle ensued. Among those living in the light, interlopers who excelled at magic appeared. Wielding powerful sorcery, they tried to establish dominion over the sacred realm. It was then that the goddesses ordered us three light spirits to intervene. We sealed away the great magic those individuals had mastered. You know this magic. It is the dark power you seek, the fused shadow. O hero chosen by the goddesses, beware. Those who do not know the danger of wielding power will, before long, be ruled by it. Never forget that. Now, this is interesting because it uh, appears to place these events very early in the timeline. Yes. It's, it seems to frame them as the first attempt on the Triforce, earlier enough that the goddesses were still around to order the Light Spirits. Which is very curious, because the way that, that interacts with what we might assume to be the original war for the Triforce brings up even more questions, because the gods of the Triforce, later characterized as goddesses, weren't actually around during the time that there was a demonic war for the Triforce. No, they were not. They seem to have left very shortly thereafter. It seems like the implication here is that this is so far back that the creation gods were still hanging around, and that the light spirits themselves were servants of them directly. I think it's also possible that, you know, Hylia being around, she may have acted in the old god's authority so that, you know, her orders stemmed essentially from them. Well, this is kind of an assumption concerning Hylia's role in it because we don't actually know when Hylia came onto the scene. True. Hylia could have been a relatively young goddess at the time that Skyward Sword's backstory took place. Um, th- the goddesses ordered us feels like a pretty direct line. It does, yes. Yes. The We could almost do another segment of this concerning the identity of the light spirits. But I will say that this sequence fucked real bad with me and Monica when we first watched it. And why is that? Because of the line, let's see here... It was then that the goddesses ordered us three light spirits to intervene. Ah. You know my theory on Ordona, right? What was your theory on Ordona? That the Deku tree got promoted. <laughs> That's really cute. That is kind of cute, I guess. Uh, yeah, see, when, when we first, that makes sense as a theory knowing about the entire game, but as we were first playing through it, we got to that line and we were like, oh, oh, ah! Because it's like, oh my god, one of the light spirits is a fake. We were very sure about that. I think there's actually a line much before this where they comment about saving the three light spirits, but it's after you've saved Ordona, and that's why they say three light spirits. But we were very, like, we were all over this three, four issue. Like, everybody mentions three... We were so ready to go back to Ordona late in the game, and it turns out the first light spirit you interact with was actually Ganon in disguise or some shit. Yes. 
Or maybe uh, he's just a cosplayer. He's like a, a foreign spirit that likes the look of the Highland spirits. M- may- maybe, I guess. I think in some respects, Ordona is a spirit or becomes a spirit because Ordon becomes a part of Hyrule. This is a really awkward imperialist, colonialist issue. Oh, so it's that they are the light spirits of Hyrule, not intrinsic to the land itself. Yeah. Huh. So that would imply that the backstory of the interlopers is only as old as Hyrule itself, which narrows down when it could have taken place somewhat. Yeah, but I mean, the the backstory of... Um just mentioned by Laneru is that we three light spirits, right? Ordona wasn't part of that. It was too young or not existing. Oh, it was not part it was of not part of the. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. part of the whole thing. Right. Well, regardless, that's an interesting little bit, and we 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 got so hype over the possibility of like that kind of twist happening that the way the game actually played out, while still being very cool, couldn't quite live up to that expectation. We got too hype. <laughs> As happens. Luckily, we don't get too hype anymore. We know how to watch for it. We tamped it down for Breath of the Wild. Did we? I don't think we fucking did. I was being sarcastic. Oh, oh, okay. I tried to tamp myself down. Anyway. Um, The next bit, Crystal, uh, begins with, do you remember what the spirit said? Wait, Link. Before we go on, there's something I want you to hear. Do you remember what the spirit said about the fused shadows? What do you think happened to the magic wielders who tried to rule the sacred realm? They were banished. They were chased across the sacred lands of Hyrule and driven into another realm by the goddesses. It was another world entirely. The antithesis of Hyrule, where the sun shines bright. Its denizens became shadows that could not mingle with the light. Eventually, most came to call it the Twilight Realm, and from it none could return to the world of light. They were forever doomed to live in the twilight flitting in the half-light of dusk, mere shadows of Hyrule. This is the history of the Twilight, as it has been passed down from our ancestors. Do you understand what I am? I am a descendant of the tribe that was banished to the Twilight Realm. It was a peaceful place, until Xant took control of the Twilight Realm, and transformed all of the Twilight into shadow beasts. It's clear to me now that he somehow gained a great evil power previously unknown to our tribe. In any case, I was sent from there, and could no longer get into the Twilight Realm without his power. But there's another tale told by my people. Though the goddesses forbade us to return to the world of light, they left one link between the light and the darkness. Boo! <laughs> Something called the Mirror of Twilight was passed to the protectors of Hyrule. It's our only path to the Twilight Realm. We must get there. Yeah. Now this is also interesting because it implies that the history of Midna's people has a different account compared to the account given by the light spirits. Because as Midna describes it, the gods themselves showed up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Monica's got the real loud Zelda sound effects for her phone alerts. I could see her saying the goddesses indirectly banished them via the light spirits. I think it's, again, the attributing thing where we, you know, on whose authority... You go to the the direct, not the direct, but the actual origin of the order. I think that one thing that's worth talking about in both of these sequences is that both of them refer to the interlopers, uh, the Twi'le, as trying to conquer the sacred realm. But that phrase is actually an artifact of the English translation. Really? 
In the Japanese version, they refer to Hyrule as the Holy Land, because that is the land most blessed by the gods. And in fact, it is said that the interlopers were attempting to conquer the Holy Land rather than a sacred realm. Therefore Hyrule. Therefore Hyrule. Now that still comes to the same purpose, which is them trying to take over Hyrule and gain the Triforce for themselves. But it does also imply that at least in this story, Hyrule physically had the Triforce inside of it. Yeah, that makes sense. The Sacred Realm, even in English, is only referred to as the place where the goddesses landed, or where they departed, rather. Yeah, we have a tendency to read that as being another uh, parallel universe because of the way that Link to the Past conditions us to think about these things. But in this case, it just sounds like a physical spot that we could theoretically walk to if the map extended that far. The Historia explains it via the Air of Chaos, where Rauru sealed away the Sacred Realm behind the portal in the Temple of Time. Uh, but this does not really line up with the Accursed Timeline. No, it doesn't. Also, that's given an awful lot of agency to Rauru. The Hyrule Historia really likes Rauru. <laughs> Well, why do you hate Rauru so much? I don't hate Rauru. I just don't know if I need him to necessarily be the one guy who built all the different things. Especially because we know for a fact that the Temple of Time by far predates him. Well, yeah, I mean, there's two Temples of Time. Are there? Yeah, the Temple of Time Skyward Sword is different from the Temple of Time of Ocarina. I'm not sure that it is. And Skyward Sword? Yeah. Oh, because the, the sacred grounds are actually oh, the yeah. Temple of Time. Right. It's probably the same temple. I've got to think it's the same temple because there isn't anyone to move the Master Sword between Skyward Sword and Ocarina. Well, no, there's a separate location referred to as the Temple of Time in Skyward Sword. Oh, which, which location was that? I'm talking about the sacred grounds. Okay, so I'm thinking of the Temple of Hylia rather than the Temple of Time. Yeah. But the, temp the Temple of Hylia was already there. But which one? I mean, yeah, but... He rebuilt it. What was mentioned as the Temple of Time in Skyward Sword? It's the uh, the place with the big Triforce Eagle Crest sitting over the Gate of Time. Uh, that would be in Lanayru Desert, right? Yeah, uh, I can bring up a photo of it. That, yeah, that'd be good. I remember it. Yeah. It's where uh, Impa has that fight with Girahim. Hmm. That was sick. It is interesting, though, because this does frame uh, the Temple of Hylia as a secondary Temple of Time, so to speak, since literally Temple of Time, in this case, refers to a place where you can use a gate to travel to the past. That's fine. It's so fucking cool. Skyward Sword has so much cool shit in it. Okay, now, Monica, you mentioned there was a third dialogue. Yes. Well, this one's short, but it's between Zant and Midna. When does it take place? I think after you fight Zant. Okay, so it's when he's about to just eat shit and die. Okay, Zant. You, you traitors, Midna. Traitors, ha. Huh? You want to know why none would call you king? It was your eyes, Zant. All saw it, a lust for power burning in your pupils. Did you think we'd forget our ancestors lost their king to such greed? That's it. <laughs> so we've established... It to me that Zant is basically Kylo Ren. Oh my god. <laughs> Inappropriate use of traitors? Oh, oh yeah, they both did that. I wasn't even thinking about that. That's horrible. 
It's all horrible. They both wear dumb masks to look cool. Mm. Oh, Zant's mask is way cooler than Kylo's, though. Especially when he gets that part up and you can see his mouth. That shit's rocking. My favorite part of The Last Jedi is when Snoke tells Kylo to take off his stupid dumb mask, you stupid dumb idiot baby. <laughs> that is literally what he does. And it was the exact right thing to say. That's great. I love Ryan Johnson for it. That was a good movie. Yeah, the, that was the exact dialogue, too. He's a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've established here in this particular bit of dialogue that the interlopers were led by a king, and the king was lost in the conflict of trying to seize the Triforce. Hmm. So given that, I've got um, eight qualities that I've listed that we know of the Twi'le, Twi'le's ancestors, okay. Okay. the interlopers. Um, I'm going to write these down. <laughs> four are kind of definite, and four are kind of implied. So, A, they were a group of people that existed before Twilight Princess. Okay, that that seems reflexive, yeah. B, they possessed magic of the dark variety. Okay, yeah, they were old and they have dark magic. C, they wanted to establish dominion over the sacred realm or Hyrule. Um, the video makes it pretty explicit that it's about the Triforce in particular because they're running towards this giant Triforce. Uh, even though those words are never used. Yeah, Triforce is never used yeah, in the game. That's weird. That's a really interesting thing we have to get into. When later. we do the Twilight Princess episode. Yeah. Uh, the 45 episode long Twilight Princess <laughs> episode. D, they had a king that was lost to greed, assumedly for the Triforce. So the concrete elements of them that we know... They're older than the events of Twilight Princess. They were dark magicians. They lusted for power, specifically the Triforce. And they had a king. Yep. And then the extra stuff, E. The group is gone by the time of Twilight Princess. Um, F. Group caused trouble early on when the goddesses gave a fuck. Right. G. The group were interlopers. Namely, outsiders, potentially from another world. Or they're regarded as being outsiders right that's just going off the strict definition of the word interloper which is a person who becomes involved in a place or situation where they're not wanted or considered not to belong or a person who intrudes into a region field or trade without a proper license i think that's miriam webster if it's not it's uh, <laughs> it's dictionary.com it seems that in japanese they are not referred to as interlopers they, are, they actually are not what did they refer to as they don't have any ah that's cool yeah, the uh, the thing here is that in Japanese, it's kind of heavily implied that they may well have come from inside of Hyrule. Hmm. But at the same time, I think it's also worth treating with the English story as its own thing. Yeah, but also they were described as a tribe by Midna too. So you have to discount those lines as well. They are a people. Yeah. They were possibly an ethnicity specific to this one thing and the final i think it's fair to describe them as a group distinct from mainstream hillians yeah yeah and the final um element h is physical similarities to the twilight which is you know take it or leave it we can talk about some similarities okay so to recap they are a group of people older than the events of twilight princess they are dark magicians they wanted the Triforce, or great power regardless. They had a king. 
that was lost. They are gone by the time of Twilight Princess, though whether that's simply because they are all removed or the people who were left behind became different is up to interpretation. Whatever they did happened so long ago that the story told by the Light Spirit and the story told by Midna both refer to the actions of the goddesses of the Triforce. They were separate from the other peoples of Hyrule, and they probably bore some physical resemblance to the Twilight. Okay. Okay. So that's our, our criteria, and we a rating out of eight. <laughs> oh, I see. So you've got this set up. So that we'll look at a given candidate for who the Twilight were, and then we'll give them an out of eight rating to decide who is the most likely. Yeah, if you guys are okay with okay, that. Like <laughs> Good, okay. This feels very scientific and objective. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's like Let's Play. It's exactly like <laughs> Let's Plays. Um, do we want to go through the reader ones first, or shall we just... Um, yeah, we can get through the reading. Okay, let's do it. Now, I, I only got two responses to this. Uh, one from Rawl, or is that Rao? I, I know they have it written. Rao rhymes with Al. Al, okay. Rao rhymes with Al. Okay, so Rao suggests that the interlopers could have been a splinter Sheikah faction, owing to how they have powerful magic and know about the Triforce. Also worth noting that the Twi'le have red eyes, which is a Sheikah-esque trait. And Jasmine suggests the cursed ones who inverted the stone tower in Termina, finding a realm on a different plane out in the far reaches of Twin Mold's desert. And Monica, I believe that both of these are on your list. Are the Sheikah on there? Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Let's talk about the Sheikah. Before we get into it, I think it would be good for us to establish that there is a list that we're referring to. Crystal, who would you add to the list? Uh, who's on the list so far? I think we should go without like being a mystery. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like we can leave the goofball shit. <laughs> not the goofball shit, but like you know, we're, we'll cover each in turn, locomo. and then we can add. We're not doing the locomo. <laughs> Locomo are guardians of we, the light spirits can, who live in New Hyrule. No, we can do it. We can discuss each one. Oh, God. Okay. Just according to the schema. Okay, okay, okay. So let's... So we've got the Sheikah, and we've got... Oh, hell. We've got the Stone Tower folks. And uh, we'll say that right now that's the list. Let's talk about the Sheikah. Yeah, since that was suggested by Rao. I think this proposal has merit. Okay. They do have shadowy aligned magic. Yeah. And while there are some Sheikah-like people in Twilight Princess, they're mostly gone. There is there is Impas. Yeah, there's Impas. And is Renato, Renato and his daughter supposed to be? They kind of vaguely... Because their skin tone is darker? Skin tone And also and... Renato's huge... And being the leader of Kakariko. Yeah, that does imply that they are Sheikah to a certain degree. Yeah. The Sheikah are also known torturers. Yes. Um, they've certainly split into different factions. In other stories. In other stories. Like the, U like the Yiga clan. Yeah. And this is sort of an out-of-canon reason, but they're, the Fused Shadow kind of looks like a Sheikah-created thing. Does it? Like the Guardians. Oh, shit, it does. Yes. We know this is because Nintendo loves Jomon pottery, but in canon, 
They kind of look alike. And as Ral pointed out, they have red eyes. How do you feel about them as candidates for this, Crystal? I mean, let's just go through the list here. Uh, existed before TP. Check. Yep. Possess dark magic. Check. Yep. Establish dominion over sacred realms slash Hyrule slash Triforce. Not, not check. Had a king that was lost to greed. Not check. Gone by the time of TP. Let's let's call let's call that a, let's call that half check. I think yeah, I, so far. you could make that argument. Cause trouble early on, not check. We're interlopers slash foreign peoples. Uh I mean they're not highlands, so I let's call that a check. I guess so. They Have were physical similarities to the twilight. Let's call that half check. Okay, so what's our total check count? I believe that is four out of eight. Okay. Awesome. It's a good checklist. This is so objective, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't like. So, what were the motivations of the Yiga clan again? The Yiga clan, uh, 10,000 years. The Yiga clan were initially formed 10,000 years in the past. They were. It's really not something that's explicit in the text because of the way. Breath of the Wild deals with its far back backstory, and we'll get into that more when we when we revisit Breath of the Wild. But it's heavily implied that they were people who wanted to hold to Sheikah mastery over technology and magic. And when the Sheikah willingly laid down their arms in fear of what would come from their technology in the future, the Yiga clan rebelled and actually aligned themselves with Ganon. Okay, I could see something like that happening in the backstory of Skyward Sword. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that, that makes a certain amount of sense to me. And the Sheikah have definitely been around long enough for that to have been a thing. I'd say we could maybe bump this up to five, maybe? Maybe. Four-ish, five-ish. It's a, it's a soft four, or hard four, soft five. Fuck it, it's a... Uh, a C, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next group? The next group, uh, we'll probably go over the one that uh, Jasmine suggested, and that would be the Stone Tower folks, who we have referred to before. We did end up agreeing that the people who constructed the Stone Tower were probably the same as the folks who made Majora's Mask, right? Yeah, I think that's fair to say, given the apparent hiding place of Majora's Mask inside the temple. And we didn't actually say it explicitly in the Majora's Mask episode, I think, but we have gone over the idea that the Happy Mask Salesman is a member of that old tribe. Yeah, I think that's not too much of a stretch. And, I think so. And that it's also very possible that he's the one who opened the Stone Tower Temple to retrieve the mask in the first place. Oh, I'll say that for sure. We know that they're sort of a people because the kids on the moon all kind of look like him true oh man there's so much about that fucking moon sequence okay uh monica you've got a list here for okay. these folks so the for the ancient tribe slash happy mask men one the design of the eye on majora's mask is similar to the fused shadow okay <laughs> yeah and also the designed effect that it would uh, give an evil and wicked power an evil and wicked power is bestowed upon the one who wears Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's a very uh, Aonuma thing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and very similar to the Fused Shadow. Right. 
Um, Even just the fact that it's a mask. Yeah. Just th- that they use these masks as powerful relics magic of bad enhancers. Ma- yeah, relics yeah. of bad magic. You know that the interlopers brought the fused shadow with them and used that to wage the war for the Triforce. Um, and also, they would be interlopers. They are not of Hyrule that we know of. Right. And it, I guess, yeah, that there's two masks. They may be parallel versions of each other, or they just might be like two sort of weapons in their arsenal. Termina from different timelines, or just like two separate parts of the tribe. Yeah. Maybe that's where the happy mask people went after the whole problem with Majora's Mask. Maybe. How does it line up with the list of qualities, Crystal? They did exist before TP. They did possess dark magic. Uh, I mean, we have various theories that they sought to malign the goddesses and take the Triforce. Mm-hmm. Build a tower to the heavens of Hyrule. Oh, well, well, well okay. Yeah, we'll keep going. Uh, did they have a king? Not that we're aware of. Okay. Uh, I mean, they're not. They're gone by the time of TP. Yeah. They're... Hmm, it's hard to place the timeline of when they were active. Uh, they certainly were interlopers, and they do have uh, architectural similarities with the Fused Shadow. Not, not architectural, because it's not a building, but you know what I mean. Right. They were already a very old group by the time of Majora's Mask. They were. So, yeah, I'd say they were. it's enough to be early on. Yeah, they're old enough to qualify, I think. Okay, so that's what, like a five or six? Yeah, we'll say in the five to six range. They land on this a lot harder than the Sheikah do, I think. Well, maybe not a lot, but at least one degree harder. Did we already point out that the Happy Mask salesman has red hair? The Mask salesman does have red hair, so they do have a certain uh, similarity to the Twily physically. So is that a six? I think yeah, I already counting. counted the uh, physical similarities. Okay, so I'd, I'd say it's like a five to five, six. Five to six. Because the one I was not sure on was number three. Yeah, okay. them going after the Triforce or the Sacred Realm is something that's up to a level of interpretation that I don't usually get into for that particular game. But I could see people making that argument. They're they're pretty strong. I'd say they're at least a whole degree stronger as candidates than the Sheikah are. Sounds so, good. Though the Sheikah and the Mask Folk both could theoretically fit here. It needs to be acknowledged They're that in both minus. in both cases they would be fine. We're just missing certain details for them that would make that uh, fit right. Though the Sheikah having a king, that definitely doesn't quite fit. Yeah. No, they would not have a king. They would not have a king. Unless they did. I guess they could. Oh, I g- and then after they were banished, the goddesses were like, "You work for me now." Oh yeah, like Master Koga is the original. Like he's this old king who used to rule over the people who were once the Twily is just Master Koga. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the Mask Folk and the Sheikah. Who's next? You have the list. Yeah, but you've got a list too. Um, okay, the ancient robots from Skyward Sword. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lead us on this one, Crystal. It's not on my list, but okay, do it. So we know we know they were built by someone because the main model of robot that we see is referred to as being mass produced, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not clear who built them. They they do and refer to the context th- of they, sorry. They do refer to Leneru, the Thunder Dragon, as their god, more or less. Okay. 
Do you think Lanayru built them? It's possible, maybe. No, I don't actually. They don't have. They they were certainly they've been around for a minute because they referred to as one of the five surface races that fought with Helia. Yeah, they they are an old people. Uh. They, they possess magic. I don't know if they call it dark magic. They got, like, time powers. That always seemed very science-y to me. Oh, they definitely view things through that lens. I, I, I don't know that I would call them, like, sorceress. But other people who see them working could consider them sorceress. Okay. That's yeah, like uh, like Thor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, never, they never had a king that do have God, but he was not lost to greed. In fact, we, remind me that we need to come back to this, the question of Lanayru. Okay. Uh, they never really attempted to conquer anyone. No, they're pretty chill. They are gone by the time of Twilight Princess. Oh, no. Poor robots. No? I said, oh, no. Poor- In mourning uh, for the poor robots. <laughs> they, I guess they were. For- they would be considered foreign peoples. Yeah, they're pretty. They don't really bear any physical similarities to the Twilight. Wouldn't you consider them foreign peoples, uh, though? Because so- they're damn near indigenous compared to every other peoples who are running around in the time of Twilight Princess. They could be considered yeah, outsiders but... for their robotic yeah. <laughs> status. So that's like, what, a two? I'm willing to give them a two. Because it's like, that's a fun idea. It's probably not the robots. Also, how did yeah, they start reproducing? They, more were built. They built more. Oh. So would that make Midna like a robot lady? No, I, I was thinking maybe like the, the interlopers were punished by being turned into robots. Oh, I see. That'd be a little strange. So, with regards to Lanayru and Elden and Faron, the names of the three light spirits, incidentally, they have the same names as the guardian dragons of Skyward Sword. Yes. Incidentally. What do we think of the idea that these are the same characters? Oh, they definitely are. I think they probably are. Okay. Now, that being the case, Elden tells us when we ask, and this is referring to Elden of Skyward Sword, not Elden of Twilight Princess. I don't think Elden of Twilight Princess actually tells you much of fucking anything. But in Skyward Sword, Elden, the fire dragon, tells you that the dragons have power because it was granted to them by Hylia so that they might protect the land. This is a little bit different from the story that's related to us in Twilight Princess. That they were empowered yeah. by the three goddesses. Yes, now, the light spirits are servants of the goddesses. The dragons are servants of Helia. Yes. Now, to me, this brings to mind a couple of different possibilities. And I'm using a Canadian couple here, which is anywhere from two to five. Um, one possibility is that these are separate entities, which seems a bit unlikely to me. Uh, another possibility is that is that over time... In the same way that the worship and knowledge of Hylia was lost, the dragons forgot who she was. That's possible. Because but I think the other possibility is just that they had task one, which was scram these people off, and then task two, guard the land. In that case, if but they were light spirits when they scrammed, at least to their own memory, they were light spirits when they ran off the interlopers. Uh, I don't know that we can say that. No. We three light spirits? At the time, yeah. They, they, because uh, they are currently light yeah. spirits. I see. But don't they depict themselves as light spirits when they banish the interlopers? Or am I forgetting? Okay, um, I guess they, they wouldn't go. I guess they wouldn't go, okay, listen, at the time we were dragons. <laughs> but... I, I don't know that they were dragons back then either. 
Um, they might have a completely different form when they were working for the goddesses. Another possibility is that these stories just don't line up very well, and they don't necessarily have to. But that isn't what this podcast is about. <laughs> I, I don't know that the gods they're would named think of their similarly forms in so. such a linear fashion. Here's the thing: I don't think that the Triforce goddesses have ever done a damn thing since making the world, and I'm not even super sure that they did that. I kind of feel like the spirits were acting under the authority of Hylia who is acting under the authority of the old goddesses. The legends in Skyward Sword do say that Hylia is charged with guarding the Triforce on behalf of the old gods. Yes. So when you go to the origin of the orders or whatever. So you think that they're referring, they're saying that this came down from the highest of the high, even though in Skyward Sword, they treat Hylia as effectively being the highest of the high. Yeah. The old gods are these separate alien things that nobody knows anything about. Except for Hylia. Okay, here's my question. Yes? Do you think the goddesses even ever gave Hylia authority? Or do you think she just took it? Ooh. I don't know. That, hmm. I think she kind of definitely played into a loophole. This is going to be the Skyward Sword episode. Yeah, but maybe. Hmm. Maybe we can cut this. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. She definitely played the loophole thing and turned herself into a human so she could manipulate the Triforce. And use it, yes. And use it. And, uh, I mean, she never did anything bad with it. As except tr- take over the country. Yeah. Well, when the alternative is the devil taking over the country, maybe that's not so bad. I mean, she didn't need to establish a kingdom. Maybe she didn't. We don't actually know when Hyrule was established. Yeah, but it was one of her descendants. Uh, well, you can't necessarily be held responsible for the actions of your descendants. Well, you could have put a rule that says don't make kingdoms. Oh, well, maybe. But then they don't really have the cultural understanding of what a kingdom is in the first place. Dear Hylia, monarchies are bad. And everyone would say, uh, Do the light spirits ever refer to Hyrule as a kingdom? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was a kingdom at the time. Well, they, oh, back in the day? Well, they do refer to it as the Holy Land. Yeah, it's just, it's just a place. I guess. In English, they do call the word of a sacred realm spread through Hyrule, but who knows? Okay, yeah, not not the kingdom of Hyrule, though. It's just the land that's there. Anyway, um, the question of whether or not the light spirits and the dragons are the same peoples is one that we can probably come to a little bit later. Yeah. And by a little bit later, I mean in like a year when we get to the Skyward Sword episode. Okay, so it's probably not the robots that get a D. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. They get a two out of eight. Two out of eight. Now, up next on the list here... Uh, is the Demon Tribe. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's my championed group. Yeah, this is Monica's favorite group, the Demon Tribe, who were aligned with Demise in the war against Hylia, attempting to seize control of the Triforce. Now, Monica, I know you've got a list over here. Why don't you read from your list? Okay. Um, Firstly, they definitely existed before Twilight Princess and did not appear after. Um... They are kind of interlopery in that, well, not just that they're demons, but they appear from the dark. The earth cracked wide and malevolent forces rushed forth from the fissure. Um, they lusted after the Triforce. They are magical and evil. They were um, led by Demise, a king. Yeah, the demon king. The demon demise. king. Greedy for the Triforce. Um, there's physical similarities in that red-eyed, red-haired, vaguely similar in appearance to the Twilight. They were sealed away. Or at least we don't see them. <laughs> um, probably, like, we don't see anybody 
that resembles demise, although there was sort of monstery demonish the only character we see who actually identifies as a member of the demon tribe is girahim and he's a sword he has a sword an artificial being so theoretically everybody else could have been sealed away or probably was sealed away in the first battle against hylia okay crystal how well do these fit with the quality lists that looks like about a 7 out of 8. The only thing I'm not sure about is if they actually existed early enough. Really? I think it's early enough. This is really, really early. Well, I, I mean, this depends on how we're feeling about the goddesses v. Hylia. Yeah. Because the goddesses were not around at this point. They were fighting Hylia. That's very That's true. Fair. But, I mean... Uh, I do like the idea that Xant uh, worships Ganon because he looks like Demise. He looks like like the legend of their old king. It does need to be noted that the idea that the goddesses showed up personally is strictly down to the Twily history. The light spirits say no such thing. They say they got orders, but they don't say the goddesses were there. So I think I would say that they, they were old enough it that is- some sort of divine intervention occurred. Because definitely there was a divine intervention in the shape of Hylia. And the dragons, if we read them as being the same characters as the light spirits, were definitely I- I- involved in that conflict. Yes. So they, that's, is that an eight? Seven or an eight? Seven or an eight. I can certainly see, like, maybe this is the second conflict where some of the dark interlopers like, escaped underground, became the demon tribe, and then tried again a few hundred years later. Well, it's interesting because the backstory that we're given in Skyward Sword is itself a tale that's passed down and not necessarily the story itself. There's another version of the backstory that's related through dialogue that, instead of talking about Demise leading a tribe of his people, talks about him amassing an army of monsters. So it could well be that he created the demon tribe of his own power. Hmm. The existence of demise in the con of, in the larger cosmology is very weird, though. He's almost like a bad god in and of himself, except that he is apparently able to use the Triforce. Yeah. So hard seven, soft eight. So seven point five ish. Sure. Yeah, I call that an A. Yeah. Okay. Give it an A. So after that, Next. we've got the Garo. I don't have them on my list, so let's... For a lot of these, Monica has made notes. These for the groups that she anticipated being part of the discussion. Uh, the, the Garo weren't part of that list. So, Crystal, you might have to lead on this one. Sorry, I was just on Demise Wikipedia page, and it lists that he appeared in the 1992 book The Crystal Trap. I'm sorry? Upon further investigation, that appears to be an error. I... Huh. All right. It was a choose-your-own-adventure book themed Mon Zelda. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll discuss it in a later episode. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Okay, the Garo. Let me bring him up. Now, previously in the Majora's Mass episode, we were thinking that maybe these guys are the Sheikah. Yeah, that was a very distinct possibility. Or like some uh, Terminian equivalent to the Sheikah. Yeah, so they came from an enemy nation. I mean, they were... We don't know if they were foreign relative to Hyrule. That's true. Being that they might, in fact, be from Hyrule. They could have been, yeah. Yeah, they don't really line up with uh, much of these characteristics. They do. They are bad, and they do have magic. 
they do have a king. They we do see them exclusively in shadow, but they do have shining red eyes. Hmm. Um, they are at least as old as the war that destroyed Ikana, but it's difficult to say when that happened. They're probably not as old as the Stone Tower is. Yeah, so these guys are the Sheikah and the Stone Tower people are the demon tribe. <laughs> is really what I wanted to get at. Oh, okay. So what 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 number what rating would you give the Garo here, Crystal? It's like a two. Okay. Give them a two? Yeah. Same but, level as the robots? Yeah, but it's like a sinister two. It's a three. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a let's say let's say it's a soft three. Yeah, soft three. Okay. Next on the list, we've got the Gerudo. Oh dear. Now that mm. that's interesting and fucked up. Monica, do you have notes on the Gerudo here? Yes. Okay. Read I feel bad about even putting the Gerudo on here because we were like, oh, the Korans couldn't do it. They're nice. But, like, so are the Gerudo. They've never actually, like, done anything bad besides Ganon and Majora's Mask. But those don't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those. The, the Gerudo are perfectly nice. They're a very peaceful people, generally speaking. And I do feel sort of weird about how it's been framed now, so I'm not going to be able to get away from that shit. Well, I think the the key thing about if the Twily are the Gerudo, it's probably that they were unjustly penalized for the actions of... Ganondorf. Ganondorf. Uh, the, the, the version of this story where the Gerudo are the Twily is, to me, easily the most fucked up version of the story. So they... Well, we know the King of Hyrule is infallible. Ugh. So the Gerudo, um, they do have people who have evil magic. Like the witches. Yes. They were yeah, led by true. a leader who lusted for mm-hmm. power. Um, if you want to go before Ganondorf, there is even a um, old masculine-coded Gerudo boss. You mean Death Sword? Yes. Okay, the thing about Death Sword, and I've held to the idea that Death Sword is an old bad king for a long time. He's wearing the same robes that Ganondorf wears in Wind Waker, and he is carrying a Gerudo sword. It is very much coded in such a way that this demon is what remains of a past king, and that king was bad. So I think it's possible that it may be referring to that king, too. Given that he's sealed up. That's a thought. Um, there's the similarity in the red hair and the tallness of Midna, I guess. It's also worth noting that Zant is actually the only masculine-coded Twily that we see. Now, granted, most of them aren't coded according to the gender binary in a way we would understand in the first place. So this may not account for much. But Zant is the only one who's explicitly masculine. He really is Kylo Ren. <laughs> what? He's 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 the Kylo Ren to Ganon's Darth Vader. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In this version of it, he super is. It really sucks if the Gerudo were, you know, all exiled though. It 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 also lends uh, a different. Is, they got like a six. It also yeah. it also lends a different thing to uh, the conversation where Minda said no one would accept Zant as king. Be- yeah. Because if he's the only male Twily who's supposed to become king and nobody would accept him anyway, that places a very different tone compared to every other. Yeah. Though so I think it's notable that Ganondorf's magic isn't recognized by the Twily. It's foreign to them. 
I suppose it could be the Triforce. They don't recognize that. But Ganon himself doesn't recognize the magic of the Twi'le. Yeah. He's like, your people have some skill at magic, some minor skill. So you think that he would recognize... The fused shadow. Yeah, his own people, if they were his own people. Right. So I'd say it's a six, but like kind of a weak six. Well, let's go down the list. Crystal, take us down the list. Uh, They got number one. They got number two. Yeah. Uh, They don't really have number three. I mean, Ganon tried, but that's not them. They didn't really co-sign that. If we assume it's the Gerudo, then they have to get three because Ganon is that king. They were punished for number... Okay. Yeah. So they got number four. They got number five. Number five is a pretty big one, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have number six. They do have number seven, and they do have number eight. So they're like a six or a seven almost. Yeah. They are, outside of the demon tribe, easily the strongest contenders. And that's fucked up. All right. Oh, Deku Scrubs. Yeah. Up next (laughs) on the list is the Deku Scrubs. I like this one, too. Okay. Tell me why the Deku Scrubs are on this list for being... The Deku Scrubs are on the list for being the Twily. Um, Maybe it was the magical ones that were sealed up. Um, They are kind of greedy. And mercantile. Yeah, they are the only, like, the Deku Scrubs do start spontaneously generating a capitalist society, so I guess they are pretty greedy. Um, they've got round, glowy red eyes. Uh-huh. They start worshipping Ganon. <laughs> they do start worshipping Ganon. Um, the dark mirror in Four Swords Adventures is in the Lost Woods where the Deku Scrubs live. Oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> And because they are often classified as monsters more so than a people, even though they've got, like, clear, like, casts and, you know, items and... Money. Culture. Yeah. They, they're they considered interlopery, I would say. Yeah. The Kokiri don't uh, intermix much with the Deku. That's all I got. But I, I think it was a good shot. <laughs> that, that They placed higher than they should have. <laughs> they did have a bad king. Oh, they did in, in Termina. He was a bad king. What What do you think about the idea that the Deku Scrubs are indigenous to Termina and some of them just happen to go through the portal in the Lost Woods? That's an interesting idea. Do they relate to the Deku Tree? Mm, they don't seem to. Why are they called Deku Scrubs? We had the idea that they were just like more mischievous forest spirits, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't buy this one. It's not super strong, but they fit more of the qualities than I would have thought they did. Maybe they went from Hyrule into Termina. Oh, they're like a invasive species. Yeah, and because they weren't like oppressed by the Kokiri or like governed the, by the Deku Tree. The Deku Tree's power wasn't keeping them in check, so they build a country. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm for this. Okay, so... But wait, wait, wait. wait what, what's their score? Um... Uh, do they have dark magic? Not really. No. Okay, so one, two. They're not in Twilight Princess. Three, <laughs> f- four and a half. Woo! That's okay. pretty strong. I think that those first four qualities are so important that if you're missing one, it's like a big fucking problem. Yeah. For being the Twilight. The Zuna. Yeah, the Zuna. Okay. Yeah. The in case anyone forgot. Uh, the Zuna are the cactus people. They are basically cactus people, right? I don't know. They, they look yeah, kind of like, They look kind of like chews. They're the green folk from 
Four Swords Adventures who are dressed up as cartoon characters and uh, they live out in the desert and they built the Temple of Power, the Pyramid of Power, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so what 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 are the qualities you've got written for the Zuna? They kind of look like the Twily in that they are tall and green. Okay, that mm, that's a loose one. <laughs> Um, they may have created the trident. It's really not clear. They housed the trident in the pyramids. They definitely built the pyramids. Right. I don't know that they built the trident, though. The trident seems... Anyway. Anyway. Um, I don't think they really work, though, because Four Swords Adventures, according to the Historia timeline, takes place after Twilight Princess. Well, yeah, but we're throwing that. Yeah, Yeah. Historia doesn't matter. Okay. They're like a... They're like a... Nothing? Do they score <laughs> any of these? 0.5? I might give them a firm zero even. Wow. I guess being tall is not enough to get you half a point. What about green? No, because the Twilight are mostly blue. Yeah, they seem more uh, benevolent. They tried to, like, trap the power of the trident. Our first zero. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely not the Zuna. <laughs> God. Ooh. Okay, so next on our list... Uh, Should we talk about the Dark Mirror tribe? The Dark Mirror tribe? Are they on the list? From Four Swords Adventures? Yeah. Oh, they're definitely the Twilight. Okay, we're just gonna... Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we have to get to the origin of them. This is, this is about who became the Twilight, not who the Twilight okay. are, because the Dark Mirror tribe is almost definitely just the Twilight in a different timeline. So, for those of you tuning in, that's what we established in the... Four Swords episode. The Four Swords Adventures episode. Yeah, it's completely feasible that somebody might have skipped that episode and missed out on the fact that somehow Four Swords Adventures is actually one of the linchpins that makes the timeline work. So if you haven't... Now, the the idea that they're the Twilight from a different timeline bothers me, and it's why I'm more inclined to put these whole events well before Skyward Sword. Well, it doesn't have to be well before... If we place it on the accursed timeline, it only needs to be before the timeline split. Right, which is shortly after the Demise War. Yeah, if they were the Demon Tribe, they were sealed up before Demise was sealed. Right, which makes sense. Yeah, though I guess, yeah, if it's any other group of people, it would be ideal, going by the accursed timeline, if it happened before the timeline split. The Twilight Realm became very different in the timeline with the curse, assuming that that's what happened. What were we saying? What, do you think the Twilight Realm is the Dark World? Um, isn't we, we established something different in Four Swords Adventures because the world of the Dark Mirror is not the Dark World. Yeah, it's a separate area. The Dark World ends up being the Sacred Realm, or the Golden Realm, rather. The Golden of Link Realm to the past. of Link to the... Yeah. Yeah, which then turns into the Dark World again. Because of Ganon. Yes, or the Triforce. It's like Dragon Age. It's... Uh, <laughs> Everyone should go listen to the Four Sword Adventures episode if you didn't listen to it. I wouldn't blame you for skipping it, but it's as long as it is for a reason. We actually get into some weird lore bullshit on that one. Who's next on the damn list? The Minish or the Picori. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, okay. Tell us, what, what's this about the about the Picori? Um, they are magical. Yeah. Well, one of them eventually has evil magic. Yeah, that's the Wind Sorcerer, Vati. Um... They come from the Minish Realm, which is kind of another world. Really? You still have to play um, Minish Cap. I sure do. It, it was my understanding that the Minish Realm was just what they referred to the being small in Hyrule. 
There's a a gate, a sealed gate that only opens up every hundred years or so, I think, that leads to the Minish realm. The original home of the Minish. I I think so. Are the Minish and the Peekery the same people? Yes. Yeah. Why do they have two names? The Peekery is just the Hillians, uh, mm, not PC term for the Minish. (laughs) Oh, I see. That's just what they call the Minish. Okay. Though you'd think that it'd be the reverse because... Minish, Minish sounds much more diminutive. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> diminutive. Exactly. So you think that Picori would... Anyway. Um, um, they seemingly disappeared from the world after Minish Cap, I guess. How would you know? you got to get out your magnifying glass. <laughs> they don't come up again. They were planned to be in Breath of the Wild. Do you have any details on that? Because that sounds interesting. Oh, let me bring it up. Okay. Let's see. It's in a YouTube video by Nintendo. Oh. Oh, it's in one of those where um, Link was running from UFOs or whatever, right? All of the pre-planned art stuff. Yeah. That's pretty- like It is a very early idea. I don't know that they ever had like a working prototype, but Link was supposed to be able to shrink down and explore little tiny Minish towns. That's pretty cool. Also sounds like a scalability thing that would have been really hard to work with. Yeah, that's what they get for making the Wii U. Yeah, it actually is. Is this why you don't like the Wii U? Because it's holding back some games? No, I don't like it because it doesn't have any game. Yeah. If they were still putting out game for it, would you feel better about it? Yeah, sure. Put put Mario Odyssey on it. I think Mario Odyssey might have actually been too much for the Wii U. People are like, why do they put games on the 3DS instead of the Switch? And I'm like, why do they put games on the Switch instead of the Wii U? These are all good questions, Crystal. I have a question for you. How well did the Minish fit with the qualities outlined. Uh, let's see. They hmm, they existed before Twilight Princess, certainly. Do, do they really possess dark magic besides Vati? Um, no, not really. But I mean, no. no. Uh, they, they never tried to conquer anyone. Did they have a king? I don't think so. Okay. They were, they were gone by the time of Twilight Princess, as far as we can tell. Yeah. Uh, they, they did exist very early, but not... Not before Skyward Sword, certainly. Uh, I mean, they would be considered foreign. They don't have any similarities to Twilight. Uh, so I'm going to call that a two. Really? A two? Okay. That's a pretty low one. Now, um, this Mark, next this one... This was a favorite of yours. <laughs> yes. The Mai Mai? Yeah. The next one is the Mai Mai, which certain listeners may know as being the magical octopus shellfish people... From Link Between Worlds. Monica, tell me about the Mayamai. They are super powerful interdimensional creatures. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Um, in case anyone can't remember that particular bit, I would understand if not. The Mayamai are basically giant magical squid monsters that can travel freely between different universes the same way you or I would move between different rooms. They can't be the Twilight, because if the Twilight were Mayamai, they would have just left the Twilight Realm. What if they were tiny baby Mayamai? And they just held onto the rocks until they changed? And, and they couldn't, like, warp yet. Oh no. <laughs> Poor babies. Oh. I don't like this story. They're not the Mayamai. <laughs> this gets a zero. And oh. fu- a zero and fuck you. Damn it. I, I, I shouldn't say that. How well do they fit the criteria? I think it's a zero. (laughs) 
Well, they, they do. Well, they're right. They're interlopers. They are. They are interlopers. They are from elsewhere. That's a one. That's about it. Okay. Now. I guess they don't come up again. No. Well, I guess. Link between worlds. Okay, still one. Yeah. Now, next on the list is the Uka, the bird people from Twilight Princess, of whom Uku is a member. Do you have notes on the Uka? No. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the city in the sky. Oh, no. Okay. No, we're not going to talk about the city. <laughs> oh, okay. That will be for a later episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're not really evil. Uh, they do have very advanced technology, much like the Twilight. Yeah, but they like they are definitely old. They're like Twilight Princess treats them almost as a precursor race. Yeah, they were said to be even closer to the gods than the Hylians. That's according to Shad. I don't believe anything Shad says. Monica's not one of the Shad fangirls. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't think they're the Dark Interlopers. It would be awfully weird if they were. Yeah. We're going to have to devote a lot of discussion to the Uka when that segment of the game actually comes up, I think. Yeah. But right now... They're, you know, people Skyloft. Ugh. Right now, they're horrible. Probably not the interlopers. They existed before Twilight Princess. They did. They don't really possess magic. Right. They didn't... They're not really greedy. That we can tell. That we can tell. They don't really have a king. No. You gotta um, project into this the damn The group microphone. is still there by the time of Twilight Princess. So now, I don't the, think that counts. Now, they, they are there, but it's also possible that they were not the Uka at the time that this happened. Because people turn into bird people really fast in Zelda. Hmm. Okay. Not sure if they could cause trouble early enough. Um, they kind of interlopery. They don't really belong. No. 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 Okay. I mean, they're freaky, but they're, they've been around in Hyrule for a very long time. Okay. Um, they don't really have any physical similarities. So I think that's a one. Yeah. Give them a one. They're about as likely as the Mai Mai. Slightly less likely than the ancient robots. And that's saying something. And last on this list is the Wind Tribe. Now, all right. I don't know nothing what from the Wind Tribe. Crystal, you'll have to tell me about them. So, the Wind Tribe are another people who live in the city of the sky that they made a long time ago. And I don't think they are the Dark Interlopers, but I do think they're related to Uka and the people of Skyloft. Where does our lore knowledge of the Wind Tribe come from? Oh, they appear in the Minish Cap. Oh, I see. Are they like the people that Vati gets wind magic from? No, they live in the sky. No, not really. They don't seem to have any relationship with Vati. Well, the Wind Tribe doesn't have any relationship to the Wind Mage. Nope. No. Oh. <laughs> well, what do we know about them? They live above you know, the clouds. They, they live with the wind a long time. They gain mastery over it. They abandon the surface to go live in the clouds. Uh, you know, they built a palace to house the wind elements, and they constructed a big robot to to protect it. So they made the wind palace. Yes. That Vati eventually takes over. Yes. But they're not related to Vati in any way. No. No, Vati is a minish. And it's, there's no indication that he learned how to control the wind from these people who can control the wind. Oh, no, he was Ezlo's apprentice. Fuck's sake. <laughs> okay, apparently I do need to play Minish Cap because I don't understand shit. There's also a sick member that you can heal, and if you forget, 
you lose access to the light arrows. Really? Yes. That's horrible. So I guess they have the light arrows. Okay. They also do all have red hair. Yes, they do. They have red hair. Okay, so how does this line up? Uh, they're like a, a one. <laughs> oh. Okay. That makes sense then. You know, every time you write on the desk, it picks up on the microphone. I'm sorry. Well, I wrote down Wind Tribe 1. But, uh, okay. Okay, so who, who are strongest candidates here? We actually have two more. Okay. Two surprise contestants. Yeah, these are a little bit more oddball as these things go. Um, and they sort of require more of a meta reading of the text. Sort of. Monica, you go first. Okay. So, Monica's next candidate. Let me just go slowly. So, so in Animal Crossing New Leaf, you can buy fortune cookies using your play coins. You eat the fortune cookie, you get a fortune, you take the fortune to Timmy and Tommy to redeem it. Who are Timmy and Tommy? Um, they run the the shop. Okay. They are nephews of Tom Nook's nephews. Okay. So one of the fortune cookies reads, he who believes he has a pure heart is probably just a beast in denial. And that fortune cookie gives you the Triforce. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes. And, you know, Timmy and Tommy, they're little, little... They're little uh, tanukis. tanukis. They don't know the significance of what they gave away, but they inherited the shop from Tom Nook, who is a, a very mercantile, greedy man. And what I'm saying is that Tom Nook, <laughs> Tom Nook's people were the dark interlopers. So the Twilight or Tanuki. Yeah. Or some of the Animal Crossing villagers. And do we have anything else on this? Um, Ganon is a villager Ganon. or can be a villager. <laughs> oh, my sweet Jesus. He actually can be a villager, can't he? Yeah. I don't, this doesn't tie into the whole Triforce thing, but. Okay. So the idea here is that there's a timeline split. One where Tom Nook's people managed to get a hold of the Triforce and one where they did not. One version of this story gives us Animal Crossing. The other version of this story gives us Twilight Princess. Sure, yes. Because Animal Crossing takes place in the Dark World, basically. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense why everyone's an aminal. It That would make sense why everyone is aminal. Um, but why are you a human? Because you're a normie. We established this because in a Because you have episode. the moon pearl. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so they, um, they're interlopers. They don't belong with the world. Y- yeah. Uh, they don't reappear in any game after Twilight Princess. That's very true. <laughs> That's about it. That's it? I'm, Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they're not very strong as these things go, but they do fit into the timeline pretty decently if you just assume that they came from another world, fuck shit up, and left. I guess. Wow, what the fuck? Okay, now you go with yours. Okay, mine's slightly more serious than Monica's, but it also requires a lot more um, reading into the text. Crystal, do you remember in the Link's Awakening episode when we established the idea that different Nintendo worlds are connected through dreams? Ah, uh, yes. You. Uh, what was that word you coined for it? The Oniroverse. Yes, the Oniroverse. Because Link's Awakening takes place inside of a dream. And in Link's Awakening, one of the enemies that you can throw yourself against, who is not invincible but is as good as invincible, is a Dreamlander, a being very much like Kirby. Okay. 
Now, um, there's a few things to take note of here. One, in the Great Cave Offensive game in the Super Nintendo release Kirby Superstar, Kirby can actually obtain the Triforce. It exists in the strata of Popstar, buried beneath its surface somewhere, and Kirby can excavate it, and it has been there for a very, very long time. But the interesting thing about this is that the Triforce isn't the only weird piece of extra Kirby item that can be obtained there. Amongst other things, Kirby can also obtain Indiana Jones's whip, the screw attack from Metroid, the mask of a Fanto from Super Mario Bros. 2, Rambo's bandana, Cinderella's slipper, Captain Falcon's helmet, a Koopa Troopa shell, the Falchion from Fire Emblem, King Tut's mask, a Mr. Saturn, Poor Mr. Saturn. From the Earthbound. He's fine. Mr. Saturn's always fine. From the Earthbound games. A watering can from Animal Crossing in the Ultra Superstar version of it. A Donkey Kong barrel. A tire from Mario Kart. The Pegasus wing from Kid Icarus. And some Orichalcum, which is a fantasy ore that's found in a lot of Japanese RPGs. All that on top of the Triforce. Um... So the idea here is that we know that the dreams of gods can cause connections to happen across worlds. That's just something that's established in Link's Awakening. So the idea here is that the Dreamlanders themselves have a tendency to just grab whatever is shiny and leave with it, or whatever's very important or powerful. So at some point in the past, the Dreamlanders came to Hyrule and sought out the Triforce. In one version of the story, they did not manage to do it. But in another version of the story, they did. And that's the story that leads to the Great Cave Offensive. I don't know what dreaming god it was that allowed them to cross over like that, or allowed them to manifest physically. But it seems to line up more or less with the mechanics of dreams and physical manifestation that's established in Link's Awakening and Phantom Hourglass. Cam, are you saying that the Dark Interlopers are from Dreamland? Yes, I am, actually. Now, let's take a look at the list and see whether or not <laughs> they line up with certain things here. A group of people that existed before Twilight Princess. Dreamlanders, to the best of our knowledge, are eternal. They easily fit this. Possesses Possessive of dark magic. Even ignoring the fact that Dreamland itself is inherently magical and is full of, like, dark matter and all kinds of horrible bullshit, they have little wizard people running around. That's fine. Uh, wanting to establish dominion over the sacred realm. That one's a little bit more iffy, but the Dreamlanders are also known to be very greedy and strange, so you could maybe finagle that a little bit. They had a king that was lost to greed. The Dreamlanders do actually have a king who is so greedy that he regularly steals all the food in the world. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a second. The group is gone by the time of Twilight Princess, which, yeah, we don't see them anymore. Uh, at least I don't think. Yeah. Group caused trouble early on when the goddesses gave a fuck. Again, they can fit into the timeline anywhere because gods are always dreaming. Hell, Demise could have dreamed them into being, almost. As interlopers or outsiders, yeah, they come from Dreamland. And physical similarity to the Twilight, Dreamlanders can literally look like anything. 
Also, um, I'm just gonna pull up that one little thing here. But you can see here that the Twily can also be very short and squat and kind of Waddle Dee-ish. This is what we've come to. Yeah, anyway. Cameron, you said all that with an incredible level of confidence considering it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I would like to know why it doesn't make any sense. Because it's not cur- it's not curvy. Why not? Curvy's not the mid is not a curvy. Listen, not all <laughs> Dreamlanders are Kirby's. It's true that a certain number of them are okay, Kirby's. Okay, what's happened to the Star Child? What Star Child? Kirby. Kirby wasn't in this. Kirby. Kirby probably came after. slept through the whole damn thing. <laughs> or he wasn't around for it. This was long ago. <laughs> Can we also point out that the Triforce actually has a monetary value? It's the second most valued valuable item at 800,000 800, yeah. G. And since you have a $100 coin in Kirby, and that is 10,000 G, the Triforce is canonically worth $8,000. That's Keep in mind that this isn't a society where co- where dollars actually have any value, but yeah, you, <laughs> you, could, you could get a Triforce for the equivalent of $8,000. Also, I don't like the idea that the goddess has punished the Kirbys and made them into serious people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, how often does King DDD lead the Waddle Dees on doing some stupid bullshit that backfires and nearly destroys the planet? It's not going to destroy them. It's all in good fun. None of it matters. It's all They're the time, old. Crystal. Oh. King DDD has never hurt anyone. I'm sorry? <laughs> King DDD has never hurt anyone. King DDD did nothing wrong? He did what steal King all DDD the food in the world. That's kind of heinous. So? lots of food no all the food there was no food left kirby had to take ddd's castle fly it around the whole planet and redistribute the food by hand okay that that one was what are they gonna do they're not gonna starve they're immortal they they seem to be not only immortal but like super double immortal where kirby can eat them and obliterate them and they'll be back just by walking a little bit away yeah, it's like the whole they respawn if you go off screen thing is actually in Kirby canon. But, um, like, it's probably the Demon Tribe, but the Dreamlanders fit really well, I think. And this is my favorite of these theories because Dreamlanders are already canonical to Zelda. This is also kind of the plot of the Elder Scrolls. You say everything is the plot of the Elder Scrolls. Well, okay, but like once upon a time, there were just a bunch of fun immortal spirits hanging out, having a good time, like in Kirby Dreamlands. But then they got trapped into mortal forms. That does sound suspiciously like this, kind of, sort of. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say that Elder Scrolls was a candidate for the Dark Interlopers. No. No. Oh. God. Um. Oh, actually, there's no external power in the Elder Scrolls. It all comes from yourself. Cool. Is that true, though? Yeah. I remember eating a lot of dragon souls and getting a lot stronger for it. Yeah. That's not from within me. I was taking the power of those dragons. It is, though. It They're yours. Okay, fucking fine. Whatever. Anyway, so what would the Dreamlanders score? <laughs> Two. I'm sorry. How do you figure that? Let's see. They existed before Twilight Princess, and they were foreign peoples. They do possess magic. Okay, they had a king. Three. They have magic. Dark magic, too. 
I mean, this could just be a thing. Okay, four. This could just be a thing that was driven by dark matter or something. Uh, they are gone by Twilight Princess, and they're absolutely outsiders. And they do have similarities to the Twilight because Dreamlanders come in all shapes and sizes. How how does Kirby meet Ganon in Super Smash Bros? <laughs> Kirby doesn't have a tendency to read his history books, so he doesn't know any of this stuff. What about Metal Knight? What about Meta Knight? And King DDD. Well, there's this assumption that memory has to be perfect for immortal beings, but I don't think that's really the case. Right? They just they forgot they even had the Triforce. They did. They did, actually. It's actually it may just be that they can't use it. Because they're godlike. Yeah. They're gods. They are themselves a race of deities in their own in their own way. Maybe well, that's why they rate it at eight thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Triforce. Or maybe they just don't have desires in the same way. Or maybe the Triforce is what gave Dreamland its substance in the first place. Before, it was just a group of shadows. I'm willing to give it a seven. Okay, then why is Kirby in Link's Awakening? Uh, that's just another Dreamlander. Also, a different timeline. But it's the same... Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, why is Kirby in Ocarina? Is Kirby in Ocarina? Is he not in the painting? Oh, well, I mean, we've gone over this. The Oniroverse means that these worlds dream of each other. Is Kirby in a painting? I don't remember. Is it the 3D version of Ocarina? I could tell that I've stressed Crystal out over this shit. <laughs> well, they're not. No. They're not. Okay. I think based on these rankings. Okay. It's not, they're not Kirby's. <laughs> okay. We'll set Kirby's aside for now. <laughs> Just like we'll set aside the Animal Crossing folk. Oh, Kirby's too pure to be a Twilight. Well, Kirby... He's just a baby. Kirby wouldn't be involved in this. It was Kirby's... It's DDD. Or DDD. DDD would do that. DDD's a prick. But anyway, Crystal, have you been keeping up with the scores? No, I haven't. I've jotted them Have down. Have you been writing them down? Monica has. Okay. okay, so we'll start from zero. Zero are the Zuna. The Zuna are probably not the Twilight, yeah. And then... One, um, the Wind Tribe, the Uka. Yeah, yeah. And the Mai Mai. Yep. Um, next are the Ancient Robots at, at two. Yeah. And the Minish and Picori are also at two. The Garo are somewhere in between two and three. I've just put 2.5. Next, I don't think we have any threes, so... We don't even really have any soft fours, do we? No, we don't. Go straight to 4.5. 4.5 are the Sheikah and the Deku Scrubs. <laughs> so by, by your scale, the Deku Scrubs are just as likely to be the interlopers as the Sheikah are. Sure. Okay. I think the Sheikah are stronger. Going on to... Well, that's not objective. That's feelings. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, the Grudo are 6.5. God. And where am I now? Uh, the Happy Mask people. Oh, sorry. It's the Happy Mask people at 5.5 and then the Gerudo at 6.5. And the Happy Mask people would have been that high, but we don't know that they had a king. And finally... The Demon. The Demon Tribe, which is 7.5 or, or 8. 8. Somewhere in that range. So objectively speaking, according to this scale... The Demon Tribe seems to fit the criteria of the Twilight most readily. Are we about all agreed on that, that they fit these criteria best? 
Yeah. Sure. I'm willing to say that. Oh, except for the Dreamlanders. If you count them, they're like fucking bang on. <laughs> yeah, no. Bang on. Um, we screamed, screamed them out. Okay, not the Dreamlanders. Also not Tom Nook and the poor Tanuki. So setting aside <laughs> the idea that we have to rank these objectively, because we're finished with that, which of these ideas do we like best? I'm pretty set on uh, putting the Dark Interloper interlopation uh, very, very early in the timeline. So that would fit best with the Demon Tribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like the Demon Tribe for their that nutty idea. Nutty? Well, you know. For the way that it ties into Four Sword Adventures? Yes. Yeah, I could see that. And the way that it supports the accursed timeline much more firmly than I would have believed. Yeah. Pretty zany. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I also have to say that I like the Demon Tribe idea best just out of those things because it implies that the Twilight over time turned them from monsters into a much more peaceful people. That's a much better message than, you know, the Gerudo getting punished. The Gerudo fit this way too well, though. Yeah. Like, but, they're know, way too close. The Demon Tribe, there's a happy redemption message. Yeah, don't throw Ganon in here with us. I also like that the tribe of Demise is visited by Ganon and go, oh no, it's the fucking devil. Yeah, you would like that. Yeah, I guess so. It's the Dreamlanders, though. No. (laughs) Give it up. So I think we're about finished, more or less. I think so. Do we have anything else we need to cover? Do you want to answer our one email question? Oh, hell yeah. Hey, pull that up. Where can people send us emails? You can send emails... To Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. That's Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. And if you do send us an email, it might sound a little something like this. Okay, this email comes from Tony. I'm sending this. Iron Man himself. Yeah. I'm sending this as an expansion on the question I sent on Twitter. Cam, could you expand on how you feel the Derudo's image and depictions have gotten better and worse? I'm just curious. Yeah, this is a question that Tony sent me on Twitter, and after conferring a little bit, uh, we agreed that it might work best on the podcast, partially so that everybody could hear the answer, and partially so that we could get uh, the two of you involved in answering as well. And this is referring specifically to something I said in one of the Majora's Mask episodes, where I said that over time, the Gerudo's depictions have gotten generally better, but in some aspects, they've gotten much worse. Yeah. And I can't speak to this specifically because in some ways, my memory is very faulty. But if I have to guess, what I was thinking when I said that is mostly about Breath of the Wild. Because in Breath of the Wild, the Gerudo feel much more like a people than in past games where they were just like strange pastiches of stereotypes about desert nomads. They're interesting individual characters and there's like children and they have multiple body types, which is actually something I wasn't expecting to come out of Breath of the Wild. Like there's actual heavy women amongst the Gerudo and they have multiple skin tones and each of the individual characters, Buliara, the... Jewelmaker, pretty much every person in Gerudo Town I actually like, but they're also part and parcel with some of Breath of the Wild's worst and most misogynistic elements. Yeah. 
They're all boy yeah, crazy. Yeah, I would say Breath of the Wild is the best depiction of the Gerudo, but also it's very bad. Yes. Like, and, and, and it's not just that it's taken as, like, this singular plastic mass either. It's made of a bunch of disparate elements where some elements of that depiction is great. Like, the individual persons in Gerudo Town, great. They're fantastic. But they also exist in the context of a story that is aggressively heteronormative, even though theoretically it shouldn't be. And when we get to the Gerudo Town episode of Breath of the Wild again, that so much of that fucking episode is going to be about that. Um, and the whole area has this whole disguising as women thing that, you know, is the basis of a transphobic joke. It is like distilled misogyny and trans misogyny that runs as an undercurrent to that entire chapter of the game and extends beyond its borders because you run into Gerudo everywhere. And even though they're perfectly nice and fun and pleasant to interact with, you never quite get away from that weirdness. I really hope Nintendo of America reports over to Nintendo of Japan and says, hey, let's not do that anymore. There's no fucking chance. There were enough think pieces written after the fact that I, I think this would be passed on. We can hope. We can hope. But I... The, the, the Gerudo and Breath of the Wild are really frustrating because I want to love everything about what's going on with them. And a lot of the writing that is applied to them is really funny. And it's right next door to a version of the Gerudo that I think would just be fantastic. Is that the one where it's just, they're a, a female-centric society? Yeah. And Ganondorf must therefore be... Um, Ganondorf's whole idea about what masculinity is yes. has to come from a feminine perspective. Yeah. Like, he views himself as the other. And, like, the idea of how the Gerudo would understand masculinity and how that would shape the way that they raise a king, that's super interesting. Yeah. I think that there's, like, comedy potential in the whole thing. Like, you remember the romance classes, which were halfway very funny single lines of dialogue and halfway, like, wait, what the fuck? What? 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 Yeah. It's just a bunch of complicated fucking feelings about it. One wholehearted improvement, though, is that they've removed the um, the Star and Crescent logo of the Gerudo. Yeah. And made it into something a little bit more difficult to parse, but um, very much less racist. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's all I got. Do you have anything in particular you want to share, Crystal? I've been talking nonstop about this. Uh... It seemed like someone at Nintendo was very afraid that they accidentally created a lesbian commune. <laughs> they did. We're going to go over this when we get there, but there's like, if you could take three lines of dialogue out of Breath of the Wild, that would be what that whole area is. It's like, they've got to be. They've got to have women dating women. They're all women. <laughs> <sighs> I was going to save more of yeah, this. No, because they constantly talk about how they want some votes. Well, see, that's just the thing. A lot of them fucking don't. Because any of the Gerudo women who want to get with a man leave the city. Any of them who live in the city and don't plan to leave don't want to live with men. They all raise their daughters there. You never see any Gerudo children outside of Gerudo town. It's... It, there's so much going on there that suggests a very different version of that story than the one the game tries to tell us. Yeah. And that's a very frustrating element of the whole thing, because it's right there. 
the version of the story where we'd point at it and go, this is a very strange story, but it's also the kind that we can feel good about interacting with. That was so close to what we fucking got. God damn it. Also, Arbosa liked the queen, romantically. Yeah. Yeah, she did. That's canon. Yeah, that's canon. I was going to leave Crystal to find that out for herself, but I guess it wouldn't hurt to... Huh. The manga version... Huh. Manga version of the interloper sure does look like Ganon. It doesn't really look like Ganon. Like a sexy Ganon. Like a sexy Vati <laughs> Ganon. It doesn't really look anything like Ganon. No? Ganon doesn't have ears like that or hair like that. Oh, Ganon does have round ears, doesn't he? Wait a second, that's not an ear, that's just a fold in the hood. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Back to Ganon. Wait, no, doesn't that connect to the, the ear lobe right This is there? what artists refer to as a tangent. <laughs> and it creates visual confusion where there shouldn't be any. Yeah. He doesn't have hair like that. He's not blonde, and he, his hair's not, he doesn't have big bangs. I have something to tell you about how red hair is colored in black and white uh, manga images. Okay. Sometimes it's white. His hair's never that long, in that way at least. I think Twilight Princess Ganon's hair is probably that long. It's just all done up. Oh, like that comic. Yeah. I mean, you know how much fucking hair you have to do? To put it into those curls. I've never had that much hair to do one of his curls. Crystal, have you seen that comic? I think it's a Manly Guys comic. Twilight technology does look like Sheikah technology. It super does. So the the top three are the Demon Tribe, the Gruda, the Sheikah. Manly Guys doing manly things at thepunchlineismachismo.com. Okay, yeah, I see what you're talking about with Ganon's hair. <laughs> is this all too established that this that manga makes sense? What was that, Crystal? Does he have to do this every morning? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you can't sleep on it hair? like that. Uh, he, he probably takes the time to wash it. Of course. It's very, very shiny. Ganondorf is what? You think he just uses magic to do it up? No! Ganondorf is one of the most well-groomed man, men in video games, period. And an essential part of taking care of yourself is being willing to groom yourself. Okay. <laughs> like, you think that he just magic... What is all this about the Gerudo Queen? Oh, um, well, in the, in the Champion's Ballad DLC, you can find Urbosa's diary. And okay. it's not laid out very explicitly, because of course it's not. It's Breath of the Wild. But when she receives word that the queen has died... She goes into mourning and is unconsolable for months. Like, she can't even function as chief. She refers... I see. She refers to the queen repeatedly as my dear friend. And somebody who has, like, the brightest smile in Hyrule or something like that? Yes. The brightest smile of anyone she's ever met. They sound like really good friends. And, let's see, what did the queen call Zelda? My little bird? Little bird. Little bird. And... It's also the case that Urbosa adopts the same name for Zelda that her mother used, establishing really hard that Urbosa looks at Zelda as her own daughter. And Urbosa doesn't have any heirs. Yeah, it is explicit that Urbosa is not related to Riju. In spite of the fact that the chief role amongst the Gerudo is matrilineal, Riju's not related, which implies that Urbosa never actually had any daughters of her own. Except Zelda. Except Zelda. (laughs) So, again, it's not explicit. But the way that 
she refers to the queen so carefully and so uniformly amongst all these different things. And the way that the queen would come visit Gerudo Town as frequently as she did implies a few things about their relationship and about the queen's role in Hyrule. That the queen was actually the one going around and doing all of the major communications between the different peoples of Hyrule. That she was effectively the leader of the nation, not her husband. And there's a heavy implication that Urbosa and the queen were romantically involved. Maybe they were going to get married and unify the tribes, and that's why she was assassinated. That's horrible. Why would you say that? I probably imagine a unified Gerudo and Hyrule. Maybe she was going to set aside Rome. And <laughs> I don't think Rome was in the picture yet. I think Rome is what she settled for. Oof. Um. Hmm. Wait. What? Oh wait. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. What I just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But no, like my idea is that of course, like the queen produces an heir because she has to. The whole thing going on with Ganon. Well, that, you know, that's what concubines are for. Is Rome a concubine? Rome is... Rome's a concubine who lucked into being the king. He's, he's a, the consort. He's the king consort, yeah. But what I mean is, like, she has a daughter because she needs a daughter. The whole Ganon thing necessitates that. But it's... I mean, right, that's what kings do. They have they have kids with their concubines. Are we going to keep coming back on this? I mean, I'm saying that's not a good reason why they couldn't be married. Well... The other thing, like, all I'm saying is that the implication here is that Urbosa and the Queen kept that shit on the down low, but they were very much in love. Or at least that's how we read it. And it's good. I like it a lot. It also lends the conversation that Urbosa has with Zelda in another sequence a very different feeling. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good DLC. It's a good DLC that also has some weird parts in it because they can't resist doubling down on the some parts of the Champions Ballad. Weird parts? Yeah. What are you thinking of specifically? Uh, Link is part of a long-standing tradition with regards to Gerudo Town. Oh. Wait, what do you mean? Well, Urbosa likes dressing Link up like a girl, for one. Yeah. Oh, okay. And two, Cass actually um, put on some... Fem- I don't know what feminine-coated cl- clothing for uh, Rito is like, but apparently he went with a feminine presentation so that he could go inside a Gerudo town and meet with Riju and gain information about the champions. Okay. We were running on the assumption that Link would just be admitted in if, you know, on this really important world-saving journey. He did not, though. He, he didn't. He totally did No, they doubled down on that bullshit, and that's like the part... Of, it's like... I can't even recommend the fucking Champions Ballad DLC without caveats because like, oh, this part is so cool and they go into all these character motivations and it's not perfect, but it's like you can get all this cool stuff out of it and you know there's going to be good fanfics. And it's like, oh, god damn it. These people. The monks are the dark interlopers. The Sheikah. Sheikah monks. Right, yeah, the monks. Shit. Those guys. That might fit. I wish those guys had more lore. I think they've got a good amount of lore. They all say the same thing. You want them all to say something unique? Yeah, I want 120 pieces of lore. That would have been pretty good. I don't know how I would have dealt with it. I definitely would have gotten all 120 shrines on my first playthrough instead of my second one. So, yeah, that would have been pretty good. There's as much as I as as much as I think Breath of the Wild is in the very uppermost echelon of good ass Zelda games and games in general. The the ways in which they could improve it are generally speaking pretty obvious. And I hope that they capitalize on that. So to summarize this episode, 
The dark uh, interloper invasion happened long ago prior to the backstory of Skyward Sword, and it was done by those who would later be known as the Demon Tribe. Yeah, sounds about right. What? <laughs> God damn it, Crystal. Yeah. You and your Samurai Jack Legend of Zelda crossover fan art. Aku is a demon. That's Ganon. Is it Ganon? He, he just looks like Aku. How can you Where tell? Where can people find you online, Cameron? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter. And you can find me at Arcane Crystal. Where can people send us questions? You can send questions to either of us, or all of us, at bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Again, bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. And who did our podcast art? Our podcast art was done by Tor Kirby. What the hell is his actual name? Uh, let me look up his actual name. Tor Kirby at torkirby.com. That is one Kyle Smith at www.torkirby.com. Remember that you can find this and tons of other great podcasts at audioentropy.com. What's your favorite audioentropy.com podcast? My favorite Audio Entropy podcast is actually probably still this one because I have a lot of fun recording it. And a big part of what makes podcasts worth doing to me is the communal sense that I get out of it. We don't. You can't count yourself. I can, so. Can I like Let's Place? I'm very vain. <laughs> okay, well, my pick is Let's Place. Let's Place, where they objectively and scientifically rank every video game ever made. Much like how we objectively rated... <laughs> All the possibilities of the Dark Interlopers. So if you like the idea of objectively and scientifically ranking things in general, and video games in particular, give Let's Place a try. Okay. My Chrome is crashing while I'm trying to look up dirty Zelda jokes. We could make some up. Okay. What's... uh, Give me one. Shit. Oh, now I'm in a headspace where all my jokes would be really mean. Don't be mean. I'm not. Or punch up. Jesus, some of these aren't even jokes. Okay, I found one. Okay. This is from the ZeldaDungeon.net forum thread, Zelda Jokes. This is posted by user DragonCat. Why aren't Stalfos allowed to play in the orchestra? Why? They don't have any organs. Ah. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good night, everybody. You want another one? Oh, no. I don't know if I yes. can come from Linky Pete. What is the Goron's favorite band? Fa- favorite band? The Rolling Stones. Ah! Okay, bye. Bye. bye.